Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Welcome back to an episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. I'm thankful for everyone that listens to this podcast. Mm, me too, Jay. I'm thankful for everyone who gives us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'm thankful for them as well. I'm thankful for you, Ty. Yeah. And I'm also thankful <laughs> for Ghostbusters. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Today we're reviewing the latest reinstallment. Reinstallment? Re- Re- Reboot. Yeah. It's Ghostbusters not, not Afterlife. Reboot, though. I don't know what it is. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Interesting movie. Haven't seen the original Ghostbusters. Hand up. Completely transparent. Right off the block. So, that's, I mean, I have. Yeah, I've never seen it. So, so. Well, it's fine. We're also reviewing Hawkeye. Yeah, we're going to talk about Hawkeye episodes one and two. Hawkeye released uh, Wednesday today, the day of recording this, uh, the 24th. They released the first two episodes. It's a six-part uh, series on Disney+, Plus, uh, starring Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, and some other characters that were revealed at the end of episode two. Correct. So we're touch on that. Maybe not as theory based and uh, in depth as we would Spider Man talk. Unfortunately, no new Spider Man talk this week. It's tragic. Um, it's upsetting, really. But we'll touch on that a little bit. Percent of the time, it works every time. John Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yup. I don't feel so good. Hulk. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving. Tyler, if you had one word to describe the first two episodes of Hawkeye, Hawkeye, I said that weird, Hawkeye, like a a New Yorker, Hawkeye, (laughs) what would your one word be? Sounds like Parker, like Peter (laughs) Parker. Oh, that's Boston. So maybe Boston. Boston. I think I messed up my accents. (laughs) What would your one word be to describe the first two episodes of Hawkeye? It's okay. It'd be okay. 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 I I wasn't. It wasn't gripping. It's fine. It was kind of slow, which I wouldn't mind if this was like a 10-part series. It was six parts. I've seen a third of it already. Yeah, we've already seen a third of it. Now, obviously, they're probably going to release one a week from here on out, I would assume. It's not going to be two a week. No. But they gave us fucking an hour and a half. They gave us a full movie almost. I mean, it was like 52 minutes and like 48 minutes, something like that. An hour and a half, hour 40 minutes. And it, if it was a movie, it would have been a movie where nothing happens. 
Correct. It would have been the worst Marvel movie of all time. Easily. It's so slow. <laughs> I mean, stuff happens, but like, I I hope it picks up. Yeah, and it's I've talked about this before, but it's the weird the dynamics of the shows. Like, a movie is the same length as these first two episodes. It just seems like so much more happens in a movie than happened in this. But that's just because you have a lot of the 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 slower scenes and scene building and all that shit. Yeah, hundred percent. We get scenes that like kind of give us a look into the characters and you know, kind of. I guess backstory, but just like yeah. a deeper dive that you just you gloss right over those in movies. You you don't see any of that. Yeah, um, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner. I know he's been like nominated for some Oscars before. Has he really? I believe once he was nominated for either best actor or best supporting actor. Um, I said Oscars plural. I believe it's literally just one. Um, Hurt Locker, I believe, is the movie that he got nominated Ooh, for. Um, okay. And if he didn't get nominated, the movie at least got nominated. Um, he won the MT Movie Award for best fight. Nice. The Avengers, which is probably just like the group. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't know if he's that great of an actor. I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Um, and it, it's just, it's a it's a problem. I mean, Hawkeye obviously isn't a very uh, popular character. I'm, th- I'm sure it'll get better, and it's lighthearted. And, but, like, even some of the humor didn't really hit with me. I don't know. There's something about. It's got two nominations. What else? Uh, the Town. Okay. Best Supporting Actor. Okay. Um, that's the one with, uh, Ben Affleck. Yeah. Oh, I've seen that movie. It's a good movie. I've actually seen the last like 20 minutes of the movie, like the final heist at Fenway Park. <laughs> you it was see the climax. Great. That's it, it. It was great. It was on in my, my parents trailer when I was there back in March helping paint. My dad was watching it and I just like looked over and like the most badass scene was happening. I was like, this is fucking sick. It's a great time to join in. Um, so I've seen the end of that movie. Okay. Good movie. Um, <laughs> But this this series, I mean, I wasn't very excited for it. I was very transparent with that. I mean, you forgot about it. You didn't watch it at midnight. I at least watched one of them at midnight and then was so tired I went to bed. It put me to sleep. Mm. Um, yeah, it's something MCU fans are going to get behind. I don't think the casual fans. I mean, my dad hasn't even watched, like, Loki or any of those, but he's definitely not going to watch this. Um, I don't see it, at least thus far. It's not, like, trending like, you know, Hawkeye or uh, this is Hawkeye, like uh, WandaVision did or – uh, Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier did as well, actually. Um, yeah, this just feels like the smallest one by far. <laughs> yeah, and I like I like the character moments. I like the deep dive kind of stuff and seeing more. And like, there's good things to take from this. You know, don't get me wrong, but I think as a whole so far, it just hasn't been that gripping storytelling action stuff that you expect from Marvel. And also, uh, VF the VFX team, mm-hmm. not the greatest. This feels like a COVID skeleton crew. Show. Um, two things stand out. First, the texting scenes, which I went on the Hawkeye Reddit just like I was looking uh, just to see what people were talking about. Sounds like you're saying hot guy every time. Um, and people, there was one person who brought up this as well. Well, the texting scene with them on their phone when they're like texting each other, just horrible. It's really bad. They just hit the same exact characters on their phone over and over. And you could very obviously tell it's fake. And uh, yeah, it was not great. The second one is the scene where you probably didn't catch this tie. Not trying to say anything about you, but probably did. Um, when her apartment is getting Molotov cocktailed. Fire so bad. Uh, that that was bad, but that wasn't what I was going to touch on. There was a scene where Jeremy Renner, you know, when he catches it and he throws it back yeah. at him, it shows Kate Bishop. She shoots an arrow out of the thing or whatever, and then it shows her, and then it pans back to Jeremy Renner. And Jeremy Renner says something, but his lips don't move. Oh, yeah? Like, he said like it over. Really vi- bad voiceover? Yeah, he said it over voiceover, and, like, just either that or he fucking ven- ventriloquisted it. Because, like, his it's lips, one of Hawkeye's like, hidden talents. It's canon now. <laughs> he just, like, didn't, like, move his lips. Like, they just cut to him, and then he said something, and I was like, 
He didn't move his lips. Did he you didn't rewind? say anything. Huh? Did you rewind? Did you double check not. it? So maybe I'm wrong, but. I didn't notice it, but I believe it. It was really quick. It was literally like a sentence, you know, but I was like, what the hell? Um, also, it got a good laugh when we saw Hawkeye's kids and just remembering that I thought his older kid was going to be Shang-Chi. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did, in fact, think that. <laughs> now that Shang-Chi's out. Um, yeah. How did you even think that? Why did I you? I thought he was Asian. I didn't recognize him. He was just. I, and he was standing at the funeral, and I was like, there's an Asian guy. That's going to be Shang-Chi. And you were like, oh, really? And then we looked back, and we we're like, oh, wait, that was his son. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I forgot about that. That's great. Um, and I'm also just waiting patiently for Florence Pugh to come. Eventually. I'm assuming she's going to come, but I don't know. Now, question. Mm-hmm. Do you know when this takes place? MCU timeline. No idea. I mean, Christmas. <laughs> Two years after Endgame. 2024 then 2025-ish yeah wow which I when was, did they say that did they say that yeah i saw it on twitter wow and like i'm like oh okay i don't know it just feels like it doesn't line up with all the weird shit that's going on we're just like casually seeing jeremy renner and his family why are they separated did they explain I don't that know. i was confused why they were in new york and then his wife was back oh home. yeah because he was supposed to be spending time with his kids why didn't the wife come because it was supposed to be time for the dad to spend time with kids since he's always gone being an Avenger. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. I'll okay. explain that. Well, maybe he was gone doing something that's in the other MCU movies that are coming up. Shit, maybe. Um, no, that does answer a question, though, because this whole time I was like, we're in New York City. Like, we're, we're Spider-Man. Like, if all this has happened, Spider-Man's showing up. And obviously yeah. he's got everything going on in his life, um, but that would explain it. Spider-Man probably ain't here no more. There's no, no talk in New York City of we all know who Spider-Man is now? Yeah. Um, I it's just weird. Like the MCU is very, very built on connective tissue and everything, and that's kind of an issue when you have this many properties. Is yeah, how do you explain away some stuff? And they've done yep. an okay job with the rest of it. I feel like this one not so much. We're in the fucking heart of. Well, I mean, two years you know removed, and you have the the Steve Rogers musical, and like I guess they they didn't not say it, but like no one's like, yeah, Falcons. Captain America now. Yeah. Like they couldn't have just There's no mention. I don't know. It is one of those things where I think they're just like the less we talk about it, you know, people will forget it's connected and then we can all connect it back in the back end later. We'll connect it when we want them to be connected. Um the only other thing I have about it, do you have anything else? Yeah, I, I just the musical, like I said, the like the whatchamacallit, like the character moments. Mm-hmm. Seeing like the the struggle of him struggling with like the death of Black Widow and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was kinda sad. Yeah. I like seeing that kind of stuff. Which it's wild to think – I mean, I mean, Florence Pugh is on the Rotten Tomatoes. She's probably going to show up. But, like, you think about it. Like, Black Widow takes place, like, right after the blip, if I'm not mistaken. What do you mean? Oh, no, it takes place before she's she alive. dies. Yeah, she's alive. This is a complete prequel. Oh, no. Okay, sorry. The end credit scene, I assumed, took place after the blip, obviously, because it was her visiting her daughter, her sister's grave. I mean, Florence they don't Pugh. really say when. I would assume that's somewhat close to after she died, though. Or it could, I, yeah, be, I like it could be like a two-year two anniversary of her death. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. They could definitely... Just dispel me all you want. Well, I mean, that's just so easy for them to be like, nah. Took place now. <laughs> um, the other stuff, the non-superhero superhero moments of him, like, fixing himself up. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Because <laughs> they're like, he's a superhero. And, like, yeah, he is. But he gets his ass beat. Yeah. I like seeing that. Also, so lame. So lame for her to, like, have her family killed in the 2012, like, attack uh, of Why New York. Lame? 
And to just see Hawkeye and be like, I want to be like that guy. Like, you don't see fucking Tony Stark flying around in his cool suit. You want to be the guy with the bow and arrow? <laughs> did you did you instantly, like, second they did 2012, oh, I was like, yeah. boom. It was going to be, yeah, that happened. And I, I thought like, Hawkeye was going to, like, literally save her, which, I yeah. mean, he kind of did. but A little bit. Pretty much did. Um, I just, the second that happened, I was like, that dad's fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, instantly. Yeah. Dad or mom, gone. For sure. That scene was also really weird. Because she, like, slightly walks away from her mom for, like, two seconds to grab, like, the checkerboard. And then there's explosions and shit. And we get a good, like, four minutes of her watching everything before her mom just comes running in from the next room. Yeah. Like, where was her mom that whole time? Yeah. It was just very weirdly paced and and edited, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I don't know. It was just weird vibes off the top. I feel like this is something where they didn't fully know the big picture of what they wanted. And so they filmed a lot of stuff, and there's kind of just putting it together. That's probably fair. Now that's just kind of my takeaway from it. What about um, the uh, fiance? Bad what dude. Do you think? Well, obviously bad dude. But like they're setting up. Okay, so what's his name? Now one guy gets killed. We're terrible when we talk like Uncle. this. Uncle, Uncle, some Ar- Armani third, the third, he gets killed. And they're obviously teasing that the the new guy killed him, right? Yes, correct. Well, with the sword. He stole the sword, and then the guy's killed by a sword. And then he has the little... He definitely wasn't killed by that guy, though. Yeah. That's one of those where they're, ma- they're like, not saying that it was, but it's like, oh, this is the guy who killed him. Like, they're making the audience feel smart, and then it's going to be a double spin where it's like, that guy didn't kill him. Someone else killed him who, whatever, you know, and it's going to all connect somehow. Yeah. I still think he's a bad dude. I just think there's going to probably be more to it than just that guy killed him. Or he kills her mom, and he's like her arch villain. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he just goes on a murdering spree. Yeah. He did say he was going to inherit whatever, all the money. Yeah. Sick mustache. <laughs> just so intimidating with, like, the curly tips. <laughs> I love that. Um, the last thing, you know, I wanted to touch on. Anything else? Echo. Yes, that was the last thing I wanted to, t- I figured. to touch on. Um and the last character they show in episode two, which I had to look up. I'm going to be honest. Didn't I didn't who that was. I had no fucking clue who that was. Yeah. Um, and she has an upcoming series next year, I think, or at least coming up on Disney Plus as well. They announced that on Disney Plus Day. Did they really? Yeah. Are you sure it's about that character? Yeah, it's literally called Echo. Yeah, but I think that's... I don't know if that's Marvel. Hawkeye Echo spinoff show in the works for Disney Plus. Echo series starring Alina Cox. Alaquah Cox, which is the girl. And that's on Marvel.com. That's wild. That was something else. Alaquah Cox is, (laughs) I don't know how to say her name, is the one that was that character. Yeah. I I liked her goons. (laughs) Yeah. Just saying bro. Mafia. Just bro. (laughs) Lots of bros. Um, So I don't know how she's going to even come into this and how, you know, they're going to move that forward. Um, I was looking in the comics and she was first brought in, like, with Kingpin and Daredevil and, like, that kind of comic book. So... Kingpin is obviously Spider-Man. I mean, Daredevil kind of too. Um, are we going to get a Kingpin in this? Probably not, huh? Well. Because Sony owns that, doesn't he? Don't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. But if they're pr- potentially bringing back Charlie Cox's Daredevil in Spider-Man, they could potentially bring back the Kingpin character from that show as well, who's fantastic. Yeah. Fans love that. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio played him in the show, and he's incredible. He was great in the role. So if they really want to, they could kind of tease Charlie Cox being in Spider-Man by bringing back Kingpin before the movie releases. Yeah. Um, that would be electric. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
something also about um, Echo is she becomes Ronin in the comics at one point. Oh, okay. So I is she good? I don't know. I think so. I I couldn't I couldn't tell. I think she's probably gonna start bad, turn on good, turn good. I don't know. Okay, she's getting her own show, so she's got to be some sort of like anti-hero at least. They want to do a probably. full villain show. Yeah. Um, so maybe she turns into Ronin. That's what the fucking Echo show is about. It's like her is Ronin. Maybe Echo's not even the title of the show. They just called it Echo because they don't want to tease what's going to happen in the show. You know what I mean? Before it happens. Maybe I don't know. They're... So far, we've got WandaVision, which is just the two superheroes. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is just the two superheroes. <laughs> Hawkeye, which is the name that both of the Loki. two superheroes share. Loki. What if it's Ronin? Oh, okay. Um, fuck with that. She's also a big part of the uh, Secret Invasion in the comics as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's another TV show coming up. Barton admits to being attracted to Echo and the two sleep together. Gross. He's uh, married. This is a family man. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if that's going to be – if he was ma- married in the comics. But, yeah, Echo, so we'll see. She's deaf. She has certain abilities, powers and abilities. She's an Olympic-level athlete possessing photographic reflexes. I saw it's a little bit like Taskmaster where she watches people, and then she can – She echoes their abilities. She's like the, like the repeat. Yeah, which kind of lame if you're just doing the same thing as ta- Taskmaster. But yeah, it is I what it is. I hope it's a little different. I was thinking maybe she was like like blind or deaf, not blind, like deaf. She is deaf, yeah. Fuck yeah. That's why she was playing such loud music. Yeah. Which I don't understand. If you're deaf, why are you playing loud music? You can feel the vibrations. That's why she had her hand in front uh, of the subs. But like, what does that give you? You get the sensation of sound without actually being able to hear sound. It's like a real thing. I don't know. No, I, I swear to God, it's a real thing. Like, my dad, my dad knew deaf people who used to like his old car because he had subs in it. They could feel the music. So why don't you not be so fucking culturally insensitive, Jay? Um, my other thing that I kind of forgot about until this moment. Now, Tony Stark sold the Avengers Tower. Coming back in Spider-Man. What? Coming back in Spider-Man No Way Home. Tony, Tony Stark? Stark? Yeah. No. Um, sold Avengers Tower. And the most we've been teased about it is in the Spider-Man movie where it was like moving day. Yeah. And then in the next Spider-Man movie, we see him, like, swinging through New York, and they're doing, like, renovations or whatever. Yep. And then it's brought up in this show where there's a character who connects to Kingpin brought up in this show. Are we going to get Stark Tower now being Fisk Tower and being Kingpin? Maybe. I don't know. Who brought it up? I don't even remember this part of dialogue. Uh, Jeremy Renner. She was um, – Kate Bishop was asking, like, oh, do you have a safe house? Is that Avengers Tower? And he was like, no, Tony sold that. Mm. Same episode, they're like character related to Kingpin. It's yeah. just that something's gonna happen with that tower. They've been teasing it. Oh yeah, for who sure. Who has that tower? The Fantastic Four, baby. Maybe, the or maybe Fantastic it's Four. Kingpin. It's Fisk Tower. That'd be so, so disappointing though. For Kingpin? Yeah, I'd rather be the Fantastic Four. Well, you get no shit, Jay. But <laughs> <laughs> or just be no one. It'd just be like he sold. It's just it an apartment just, complex now. Yeah. And it's just like everyone's like, oh, what's it going to be? And it's just a building. I mean, after Ralph Bonner, (laughs) (laughs) I think that's on the table. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Now, I'm excited to see where this show goes, but I'm not, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, I hope it turns out good. Yeah, I'm not I hope it gets better. Um, Kate Bishop has been, like, I enjoyed the character. Yeah, she's good. She's kind of quippy a little bit. Yeah. But not Ryan Reynolds and Red Notice quippy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you know so i like the character I, li- I hope she's in more stuff with the young avengers moving forward 
Yeah, I was asking also, this is just a random point. I was asking where the wife was when they showed Hawkeye with the kids at first and didn't show the wife. And I was like, where the fuck is the mom? And Riley's like, you think they could afford this actress? I don't remember her name. On a Disney Plus show? Is that actress a big deal? Because I don't know her from anything other than the mo- these movies. I mean, she was um, she was Velma in the Scooby-Doo movie. That's what she said. I said, what's the other movie she's in? And she said, Velma. Yeah, they could absolutely afford her. I'm no disrespect Linda to her. Cardellini. Yeah. No disrespect to Linda Cardellini. They could afford her. Yeah, I mean Yeah. I I don't know where Riley what I don't know what that meant. I don't know why Riley thought she was like a big actress. I mean, they did like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which has um what's his name? Captain America. He's in like a lot of stuff. What the fuck's his name? New Captain Chris America. Evans. Falcon. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. He's in a lot of stuff. No, I just don't think this actress is a big actress at all. That's why it was funny. Well, yeah. Was, I mean, her number one known for on IMDb is Scooby-Doo. I'm banger so, of a film, though. Great in the role. 2002 Scooby-Doo. Make you feel old yet? Kind of. I just want to say one thing real quick before we go to break and before we review uh, the next Ghostbusters. Is I figured out the Spider-Man No Way Home, how they're going to explain it moving forward. And that is Doctor Strange is going to put Peter... And everyone who knows his identity into either their own universe where maybe he just creates it because he's fucking Doctor Strange and don't fucking doubt him. Mm-hmm. Where there's like not a Peter Parker yet. Which would, I, don't, I don't know. It's fucking multiverse. They can get creative with it all, all they want. Or they're going to put him into Venom's universe. Which someone did bring up the good point. Like, well, how does that explain in the Venom post credit scenes? Like, everything went crazy and then yeah. he's all of a sudden in a new place. Like Venom moved universes. All we could know, he was already sitting in some, other, some dude's uh, shack. And, like, the explosion happened that added Spider-Man to that universe. And then the guy just came out, like, why are you in my shack? No, the shack changed. Very different shack before Did and it? after. Yeah. Oh. It was like a resort afterwards. I thought it was a resort before. He just had everything closed up and he was like a bum. No, it was, it was a different room. Well, he gets put in this new universe, too, somehow. And maybe he gets put in it because Venom was like, oh, I have so much knowledge from all these other universes. So since the Venom symbiote, like, knew him from a that universe, whatever, all that bullshit mm-hmm. they can explain later, that's why he also got put in this new universe. Question. Or he's in the, the new Spider-Man, which I don't think he is. I just don't think he is. Question. What? Nick Fury, Captain Marvel, Okay, all Avengers the are Avengers. obviously not, they are not included in that. But why would Venom be included if the Avengers weren't? Because Venom's not a fucking superhero. Time out. Doctor Strange says in the trailer that's not how the spell works. And then he, they open the multiverse and he's like, huh, solution, I could send you to your own universe. Where everyone who knows you can go with you. And you guys pretty much have your own universe. Everyone who knows you except for this person, this person, this person, this person. Except for the fucking superheroes, yeah. Why? They don't have to. They do that all the time. Superheroes, they're fine. That just feels like a really big and, plot hole. But how many of the superheroes actually know his identity? All of them. Maybe like the Guardians? He was maskless in Endgame where everyone was there. At the very end. Not everyone might have saw his face. He had a scene with Captain Marvel. And they she might have said seen hi, his face. She said hi, don't... and I quote, Peter Parker. Hey. Oh, it's, it's Avengers. <laughs> he doesn't have to send the Avengers with them. Okay, so he just gets to pick and choose. Yes, he said all your friend, your family, everything. Go to your own universe. Got it. With all the other Sony heroes. I'm like 5% in on this theory. How else are they going to explain it? How else is he going to just magically get to a new universe? I don't know. With all the Sony villains. I don't know. I can't wait for Marvel to tell me. I just don't think this one's it. And I think it's it because the whole lore, and you were mad about the whole Spider-Man identity revealed when it happened. 100%. I was. The whole lore is that no one knows his identity. Yeah. No, they need to get back to that. So then they put him in a universe where no one knows his identity again. Because he can't just wipe everyone's mind. And like, yeah, 
I guess the spell. I, we don't even know if the spell works, though, because Ned and all them still remember him. You think he explained himself to all them that quickly? Well, they broke the spell. Spell didn't get finished. Exactly. So everyone in this universe still remembers who he is anyways. Correct. Yeah. So that's why he's going to go to a universe full of Wait, now, now everyone knows who he is, though. How He's just like... Excluding that's why Avengers to, and everyone else? That's why he's going to a new universe. He can wipe Doctor Who comes like, with I him. I could wipe the memories of whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, but you're saying everyone who knows his true identity goes to the new just universe. Just whoever Sony wants in the new movies. So Doctor Strange just picks and chooses this person, this person, come yeah, with you. and it's a contract dispute, and he can say that to the camera. Okay. Well, this is where they'll introduce Deadpool, and Deadpool will just explain <laughs> it. And it's okay if he doesn't. <laughs> yes. It's canon. When is he going to come in the MCU? When are they going to do that? I have no That's like the thing. next thing I'm super excited for, and we just there's been like no traction there. Just zero news, anything. Yeah. Which maybe it's best if it is just like a complete surprise. I don't think it's going to come in this movie. But shit, I don't know. Spider-Man and Deadpool do have run-ins together. That would be a surprise. My that dad's on that pop. train. Really? Yeah. I don't buy it. I'm skeptical. I don't either. But it'd be sick. It would be. Also feel like Deadpool's another one of those guys you tease. You use him to build up hype. Yeah. Marvel would have leaked But something. you can put him in a, a but you can get the pop of putting him in someone else's movie to build up his release. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like they could do it that way. I don't know. Like the surprise reveal in a different movie, Multiverse of Madness, surprise reveal, Deadpool's in the MCU now. Oh, that feels like a really good time to introduce him. And then yeah, and then He's gonna be in the Doctor Strange movie. I just we figured it out. <laughs> Uh, let's get into Ghostbusters Reborn. Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast, Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. When a single mom and her two kids arrive in a small town, they begin to discover their connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy of the this legacy their grandfather left behind. Struggling there, Ty. Well, I thought they would be like that their grandfather left behind, but they just they just don't. Secret legacy their grandfather left behind. No comma. Ghostbusters Afterlife 2021. Starring the likes of Carrie Coon. That's the mom. The mom, yes. Yeah. Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhart, McKenna Grace, Logan Kim as podcast. Shout out to him because we're a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, Celeste O'Connor and some others. Spoiler alert. Wait, hold on. Don't. Here's my first. I have a question for you. Talk to me. When we get to characters. Okay. So if there's like a big name you're about to say, don't say you it. You know because, who I was about to say. Okay, well, there's another big name you probably didn't know is in this, and I want to – just don't look at the cast. Stop. Stop. <laughs> just stop, please. Oh, no. I, I I saw the other person. I knew he was in it. It was very weird. I'll, I'll just – Just the most wasted. Okay, well, I'll just ask it off the top then. 
Who's the weirder casting slash money grab in this movie? J. Jonah Jameson as the J.K. Simmons. Or, yeah, J.K. Simmons. Sorry. <laughs> Still in my Marvel talk. J.K. Simmons as the uh, dead Colonel Sanders. <laughs> the dead town of dead Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Who's literally has one line of dialogue and gets ripped in half. He's just, he's such a good, he's like an award winning <laughs> actor that you're to like, just lay in this bed, say one thing, we'll kill you. Okay, so who's the more obscure casting? Him, and I'm not even counting Bill Murray or all them, who, spoiler, are in this movie. Mm -hmm. Or Josh Gad as the fucking metal-munching ghost that doesn't even say anything. That's not on the thing. I didn't realize that was Josh Gad. Are you kidding me? No, I saw it on the credits when we left. Josh Gad is the muncher, whatever his fucking name was. That's literally, it's not on IMDb. Yeah, it was on the credits on the after the movie. That's incredible. Yeah. So what's the weirder money grab? A Josh Gad, because, like, that's just, there's no point in doing it. <laughs> and I kind of fucking hate it now that I'm thinking about it, because, like, his character in this is the person who, like, eats things. Yeah. Like, that's his thing. And then that really shitty movie, movie Artemis Fowl, he was also, like, a gnome character <laughs> thing that just ate shit. And had the the dialogue that was just horrible. What is that? Exposition? What is that word? Exposition dump? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was the uh, muncher voice. I wonder if that's like, I'm a huge fan of Ghostbusters, just let me be a part of this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Is that why uh, J.K. Simmons was also in this? I, I don't know why the fuck J.K. Simmons is in this. Who did you think I was talking about? J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah. No, there was two. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know Josh Gad was there. <laughs> yeah, just it's just absurd. Um, When I saw that, I was I laughed my, la my ass off, so... Yeah, so this movie, Ghostbusters Afterlife, 62% Rotten Tomatoes, 235 reviews, 95% audience score. What? Now, Jen, Riley's mom, made a perfect point. And this movie, because I'll, I'll say it now, this movie did not get that high of a score for me. This movie was made for two audiences. And we do not fall into either of those audiences. Talk to me. They were. It was made for kids. Correct. Which, some adult jokes. Yeah, like, like not really that made for kids. Like a, a joke like about the, escorts, yeah. about boning your mom. Yeah. Like kind of for kids in some Third points, but also like they didn't know who exactly their audience was. But that was very, because uh, I was talking to Jen about this, that's a very 80s thing. Like the 80s Ghostbusters, same thing. Like it's kind of a kid family movie, but there's a lot of adult jokes. And like I'm sure if you go back and watch like 80s kids movies, there's probably a lot of adult jokes in it. So maybe that's that was their inspiration for this. Um, so there's that. Number two, people who've seen Ghostbusters 1 and love Ghostbusters 1. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've seen the original Ghostbusters. Like once or twice, but, but I get I, the gist. I am not a Ghostbusters fan. I did not grow up with Ghostbusters. Nah. It was released 14 years before I was born. Um, and I'm not a kid. So I just missed both audiences. Yeah. Um, that 95% audience score is shocking to me. <laughs> because I didn't like this movie. Okay. I just just getting it off, off the rip. It was not for me, apparently. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't fall in one of those two audiences. We don't. And I'm strongly in the middle where this movie just doesn't appeal to me in very many ways at all. Um, and my question is, too, is does this... Have you seen the 2016 Ghostbusters, the woman reboot? Yeah, real shit. Real shit movie. You don't like women? No, I don't like that movie. Um, it d does that tie into this at all? No. So that was attempted reboot at the franchise completely on its own. They said, wow, that didn't work. Let's go back to the original franchise. 
Okay, I'm reading it now on Wikipedia. Third Ghostbusters film had been various stages of development following the release of Ghostbusters 2. Because of the... Because of original cast member Bill Murray's refusal to commit to the project and the death of fellow cast member Harold Ramis, who was the grandfather in this in 2014, Mm. Sony decided to reboot the series instead. Many of the original film's cast members make cameo appearances in new roles, and Ramis is is commemorated in the film's closing credits. The announcement of the female-led cast in 2015 drew a polarized response from public and internet backlash, leading to the film's IMDb page and associated YouTube videos receiving low ratings before the film's release. That's just people being mad because they actually do hate women. So, okay, it was a reboot. And now they just ignored it. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, they said that didn't work. So that was one of the rare things where, like, people outraged, you know, stupid fucking Hollywood, all-woman cast. Mm -hmm. But then they ended up kind of being right with their final scores. (laughs) Wrong wrong way to get there. Bad movie still. Yeah, fair. Um, And now Ghostbusters Afterlife is obviously following the uh, main timeline of Ghostbusters. And also... um, setting up future ghostbusters movies so i read there's a post credit scene i didn't understand it i'm sure ghostbusters fans did and from what i read is it is setting up a sequel and everything so yeah i don't know who that lady was talking to the original ghostbuster dude yeah i got the one where they pulled the thing into the the firehouse oh i didn't see that i left after the first the mid credit scene there's oh another one there was a second one oh. i had a feeling you didn't see that one yeah what, what was it they just pulled the ghostbusters van into like the old firehouse station that they used to Oh, okay. Solve stuff. Okay. I've walked by that fire station in real life. Nice. Um, walked by it, saw there was a giant Ghostbusters symbol on the ground. Yeah. It's like an actual fire station that they, like, use for fires. Is um, that what they do with fire stations? <laughs> yes. Um, but I walked by it, and there was a giant Ghostbusters thing on the ground. I wasn't even looking for it, and, like, was like, what the fuck? And I looked up, and it was just a fire station, and I just took a picture, and I was like, what is this? I sent it to my parents. My dad's like, oh, my God, this is a Ghostbusters thing. Oh, my, like, freaking out. And I was like. Okay. And that shows why my <laughs> score might be low in this movie. <laughs> That's fantastic. Like, people were taking pictures of it and shit, and I just walked right over the Ghostbuster sign. You just stepped all over it. <laughs> Couldn't give two shit. You were, like, wiping your shoes, the dog shit off your shoes right there. Um, that being said, I haven't seen the Ghostbusters. I've said that multiple times. I do know the giant marshmallow. I don't really know why he comes alive in the first Ghostbusters. Can you explain that to me? The giant marshmallow no. man? No, I cannot explain that to you. I, I don't either. I know there is a giant marshmallow. Okay, well, I like the little marshmallows in this movie. Possessed. I don't don't fucking know. That might have been... I don't know how you feel about it, um, but that was probably my favorite scene in the movie. The little marshmallow men? Yes, in the the store. Uh, Yeah, sure. In Walmart. When they were, like, like, killing each other. Like, roasting each other on the fucking... The... uh, it was it was something. The barbecue when they were making the s'mores when he was in the blender and he fucking butchered them and that, they were like yeah. stabbing each other and stuff. That was funny. It was good. It was good. Uh, I enjoyed that. Yeah. The rest I don't really know. Stay puff. Marshmallow Man. I'm looking at the scenes right now from the first movie. Still don't know why he's giant. Again, not the audience for this movie. Ty, what'd you give her plot slash story? Plot slash story. Gave it an eleven. <laughs> okay. What'd you give it? Seven. Okay. <laughs> Um, I gave it a seven just because um, I, I just it didn't feel interesting. No, it wasn't. It, like it wasn't interesting. It wasn't thought provoking. And I don't expect Ghostbusters to have a fucking great plot. Like I was like going to this movie, like okay, it probably maxes out like a fourteen here. But like it just felt like a we need to make a new Ghostbusters movie and relate it somehow, and we're gonna do it in the easiest way possible. Um, and I just it was whatever, man. 
I same way. I was eleven. And then you have the love story thing with the 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 brother and the the girl, and ten. it was like a ten. I didn't even understand that why that was the thing with like the was, like the coworker. It was pointless, yeah. It was. It was pointless. I, Sheriff's daughter. He needed her help in the end. Mm. Nice. I, that was the payoff. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was fine. I liked that. I was like, oh, the random earthquakes. Why is this happening? It relates to this. Oh my god! I found this stuff. I open it up. It relates back to that. Yeah, like it all flowed. I understood what was going on, and for not watching the originals, I feel like I would have been more lost. <laughs> like they s- explained it enough to where like you you don't have to watch the originals to get what happens in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need to watch the originals to enjoy this, probably. Yeah, for sure. But I understood. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, I the the funniest part of the plot to me, which. I don't know. Maybe I knocked it down too far for this. Um, was the scene in which the mom gets possessed by that evil fucking thing, whatever the hell it was, um, and she's literally she jumps out the fucking window. <laughs> she does jump out the window. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was, but um, she's like just sitting in the chair, like talking in demonic demonic voice to like the kids, and like the one boy podcast is like talking to her like normal, like what are you saying, like trying getting all closer and stuff, like trying to talk to her, like she's talking like a fucking demon right now. Are you guys stupid? And then she just. Jumps out the window. Don't, don't you shit talk podcast, Jay. Um, but then they just jump. She jumps out the window and fucking runs away. And like they react, but like not that much. Like, yeah, they're just like, uh oh. And then when they get to that final scene, like that final place where the her and Paul Rudd were together, and that fucking ghost bitch. That comes scene out. was funny where they were both possessed and they just start fucking. <laughs> but after that, when it, you know all that happens, and they get there and they're like, "Mom!" Like they were shocked that their mom was there, and I was like. What? You literally <laughs> saw what happened to her. Like, you know that this is where the plot progresses. And also just, like, the whole idea of, like, I get it, they have to do it, but, like, to make it a main character, it can't just be some random guy on the street. But, that like, that other demon went to Walmart and just so happens to possess Paul Rudd. And, like, there's, like, no one in this Walmart at yeah. all. And, like, very coincidental. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. He had no reason to, like, search out Paul Rudd, but he just did. Yeah. Which... Not a lot of Paul Rudd in this. Like, there is, but there isn't. Yeah. They needed to do that. They couldn't just get a random guy. They needed more Paul Rudd time. Get every penny, penny they could. I agree. Um, I, It also felt... I don't know. It, so, like, obviously the point of Ghostbusters is, like, ghosts and hauntings. And busting them. <laughs> busting all over those ghosts. <laughs> um, but, like, it's also, like, not scary. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be four kids. And I feel like that kind of fucked up the flow of it because, like, the it's kids... very demonic. <laughs> Riley brought that point up. Well, yeah, but, like, also, like, the kids aren't scared when their mom's fucking possessed and jumps yeah. through a window. Yeah. And I feel like that's to kind of keep the tension low so it's not, like, what's going on? Yeah. Is mom going to die? Like, they were never afraid their mom was going to die type thing. I thought you were going to say, like, it's like a kid's movie and you have all these, like, ghosts and it just wasn't... I don't know. It was, like, wanted to be a scary movie but wasn't. You know what I mean? Like you said, and they wanted to keep the tension low and everything. But, like, I don't know. I think of Ghostbusters, and I think of kind of, like, comedic ghosts. You know, not so not super scary, but, you know, it is what it is. And then this was very The ridiculous like, ghost eating metal. That yeah. should be Ghostbusters. Yeah, but then again, I am looking right now at the first one, and that original ghost is in the first one, that, that demon bitch. Um, oh, is she? Yeah, Did I think that's, that. like, the final, like, boss they kill. Yeah, it is. I think. I don't know. It's not the Marshmallow Man? No, that's just part of it. 
Um, but there is another scary looking bitch. There is like the, the demonic uh, devil dog looking things. But like, again, I do think more of like the muncher and everything. Yeah. So. That's where I go to, which it just kind of created me kind of created it to where like, I, I didn't really care for it. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, if you're going to do this, like make me interested, but there's like no suspense. Yeah. Kind of just like, yeah, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. And like, and they- like even the actors and kids in the movie knew it was going to happen type thing. <laughs> Yeah, and the muncher was out too, and I don't even know how the muncher was out. Like there was just one muncher just floating around. Did he get out of that fucking trap where every ghost was dying from? I don't understand why there was a muncher. Oh yeah, and just one of them. I I don't know. And like all the other ghosts then get released. Yeah, but like how did he get out? I don't know. <laughs> I yeah I don't. And then also, uh, I had this question at the end for Riley. She couldn't really answer it. Is like. So the end of the movie, they they set off all those traps and it sucks up all the ghosts. Which that's just like a ghost hotbed that like you have to watch the rest of your life because if anyone oh, yeah. gets into that, like you can never sell the house. Yeah, but how come the grandpa ghost didn't also get sucked into it? Because he was also a He's ghost at the time, very much a ghost. He should have been also sucked into that. Yeah, hundred percent. She's like, well, 100% he's a good agreed. ghost. I'm no. like, the machines can tell the difference. No, the machines just suck ghosts. <laughs> yeah. It's like a glory hole. Whatever comes in, they suck it. <laughs> So that's what I was con- – and, like, it's just so funny how he's, like, kind of in the movie the whole time, like, pointing them in the right direction and shit. And then, like, at the very end, he just, like, shows up, like, in ghost form. Yeah. It's oh, like, why? What's the dead how? actor? That's the guy who died. No, I know. And it but... probably was going to be a lot of money to try and, like, digitally recreate him throughout the entire film. Okay, that's the practical reason. No, 100%. But... <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't add up in the plot slash story department. Fucking sucks he died right before all this happened. But I guess everything happened because he died. And how did he die? That first scene, it was so dark, I couldn't even see what was happening. I have no idea. They said heart attack, but there was, like, that mist that was attacking him and everything. Like, I have no idea. They didn't need that first scene. They could have just said he died. Yeah. Could have just died of a heart attack. Couldn't finish his mission. But he was, like, killed by the ghost. And then, like, that ghost, like, kind of shows up again. I don't know if it's that gargoyle thing or something else. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, like, he just doesn't kill anyone else. Yeah. Showed he very well could kill people. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't have the answers you're looking for. That's why I gave it a seven. I can't, I'm going to go nine because the more we've talked about it, the more I've. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Cine- uh, cinematography, Jay. So we talked about this before. I gave it a 13. Okay. Um, the gargoyle demon dogs looking things looked very, very bad, but they also were very much, very obviously animatronics. Yeah. And. That had to have been a creative decision by them to want to, you know, look like the original, um, which I appreciate. I respect. I respect that. Um, the muncher looked fine. He was what I expected. I would expect more Ghostbusters like that, uh, more ghosts like that, I should say. Uh, the Marshmallow Man looked fine. They were that was all good VFX. I didn't have really any VFX complaints besides those like ugly demonic looking guys. Um, I thought the movie was a little too dark at times. Like I said in that first scene, just couldn't fucking see. Um, yep. Which, again, was very intentional because they had a stunt double, double and they couldn't get the real-life actor. Yeah. But it just didn't look great. Um, and just like there was, you know, and it was just like a very standard kids, big blockbuster, very standardly shot and everything with some VFX that didn't wow me but didn't look horrible. And then, you know, the bad animatronics. I gave it a 13. That's where I landed. Okay. Um, Question for you. Yeah. The Mandalorian. Baby Yoda, are you familiar with this? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the fact that that's practical? Mm-hmm. That's a puppet. Mm-hmm. Looks great. Mm-hmm. These gargoyles didn't look great. 
If you want to go practical and use puppets, use animatronics, use modern day animatronics and stuff to make it still look kind of good. Yeah, I, again, I feel like it also was still a creative decision to at some point. I agree, but like, use your creative decision plus modern technology. Yeah. Be inspired by the old stuff while using new technology. It literally looks exactly like the first movie. Like, I don't know if they just pulled it, like, dusted it off. Use the, the exact same one. Same one. Maybe. That's honestly not out of the realm of possibility. The terror dogs are what they're they're called. Zool, the gatekeeper, and Vince Clortho, the key master. Okay. I gave it a 10. Okay. I, I just, I didn't like the animatronics. It wasn't shot in a very appealing way. It was kind of just, like, dark, but, like, not intentionally dark. Just kind of, like, bleh. Yeah. Um, And it didn't change, like... You have that, like, 60s diner type place he works at with, like, the bright lights. And even that was just kind of bleh. Yeah. We live on a bleh farm. <laughs> like, it just wasn't fun to look at. CGI was okay, but I wasn't impressed by anything that mm-hmm. they did, you know, CGI-wise. And the practical stuff, like, you can use old stuff and make it look better nowadays. I don't think they wanted to, Ty. I, think I don't they think they did the either, but they're not going to get the points from me for playing the hits. <laughs> I'm looking at the 80s, for 84 movie, and it's like... Identical. They look a little bit better, but yeah, not much. And it's mostly, I think, just their movements look better, but... Okay. Yeah, looks pretty uh, similar to me. That's fine. Key, key elements here. Key elements, again, I don't fall into this um, audience, but I was in a movie theater that was mostly full full of Ghostbuster fans that were very audible. I had clapping. I had clapping at the end of my movie. <laughs> I gave it a 16. I mean, they played the hits. The Ghostbusters fans loved it. Comedy wasn't all there for me. I did laugh a few times, and that's why I got a 16. Give it a 14. Okay. Um, kind of the same thing. I know there was some playing the hits, having the Ghostbusters show up, Yeah. play the hits. But there was a lot of references where, like, I knew it was something I didn't understand. Like, they would say something or do something, and everyone would be like, oh! Yeah. Oh! Bringing back all the same tech and everything, the, the little backpack thingy shooting plasma. Saying, who are you going to call? Yep. Just saying that. That's fantastic. Well done. Um, um, I, I make fun of the Ghostbusters fans. Like, that isn't me in a Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> that's, again, we were talking Hawkeye. When 2012 came up, I was like, oh, babe, this is going to happen. She's like, how the fuck do you know that? And I was like, well, that's the big event that happened in Marvel at this time. Like, duh. And she's just like, I was like, this is my shit. <laughs> that was them in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, like I said, too, the comedy didn't fully land with me. I think Paul Rudd was decent. I mean, I'll talk about that more in characters. Not enough of him. The one moment I actually did laugh out loud and no one else laughed out loud is I, I have these moments all the time. You've been in the theater when I do. Was when she said the stupid ass joke to Paul Rudd and then she like slowly winked awkwardly. It's fantastic. I fucking cackled out loud when she winked, dude. I, I laughed pretty fucking hard. <laughs> like no one else laughed. Pretty fucking hard. Like that wink it it was good. It was a good wink. No, the comedy was it was okay. I, I think some of it was funny, like the mom jumping through the window. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I don't think that was supposed I to I don't be either. Funny. And so I'm not sure if I was supposed to laugh there because that was fucking funny. Because it wasn't tension. It wasn't like, oh, my gosh, she's actually possessed. Watch her go. It was like, this is just a woman. They're not concerned. I'm not concerned. Why she jump through the window? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I, again, like, tonally, it wasn't very fun. <laughs> like, I wasn't yeah. scared. There wasn't a lot of that. They played some hits. They brought back, the, you know, the old people. That kind of offensive. The old actors. <laughs> um, it, it was what it was, you know? 
Yeah, how about the racism of Ghostbusters in the 80s? Like, all these ads for the three Ghostbusters. Ty, I didn't even know there was a black Ghostbuster. No, they left him out of the promo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the fucking can. If he's Is he the cameraman? I So I'm looking at, when I was looking at this. Why again, is he not in the commercials? This is real ignorance by us. Um, he's not on the poster of Ghostbusters 1, but he's on the poster of Ghostbusters 2. So I don't, is it? See, join in. No, because he's actually in the first one, too. S- S- but, like, Sigourney, is he, like... S- no, that's not him. Are there, like, the main three Ghostbusters, girl. and then he joins the team later in the film? Um, I Ghostbusters 2. I don't know his name. Is it Rick Moranis? No. Is it Ernie Hudson? Yes. Ernie Ernie Lee Hudson. Ernest Lee Hudson, excuse me. Um, He is in the first Ghostbusters. So, that, I, I That's not know. what I'm saying. I'm saying, is he... An original founding member of the Ghostbusters. After, I'm going to read you the second paragraph of the plot from Wikipedia of Ghostbusters 1. Please do. After a paranormal encounter in her apartment, Celeste, Dana Barrett calls the Ghostbusters. Is that Celeste? C-E-L-L-I-S-T. Okay. I don't know. She recounts seeing a demonic dog-like creature that uttered a single word, Zool. Ray and, Ray and Egon research Zool in details of Dana's building while Peter offers to inspect her apartment in a failed attempt to seduce her. Nice. The Ghostbusters are hired <laughs> to remove a gluttonous ghost, Slimer, that's the ghost we're looking for, yeah. from the Sedwick Hotel. Having failed to properly test their equipment, Egon warns the group to never cross the energy streams of their proton pack weapons as it could cause a catastrophic explosion. They capture the ghost and deposit in an ecto containment unit under the firehouse. Supernatural activity rapidly increases across the city, and the Ghostbusters become famous for their exploits. Semicolon. They hire a fourth member, Winston Zetamore, there it is. to cope with the growing demand. Okay, so he's they grew. He's not a founding Ghostbuster. But still, I feel like he should have been mentioned. Like, literally no mention of him in this movie, and he just shows up at the end. I was like, Riley, who is that? I don't know who that is. And she's like, that's a Ghostbuster, Jason. And I was like... Why is he not in the, like, videos when they're going back and watching their grandpa? It's because he wasn't an original one. He saw the videos and said, you know what? I need a job. <laughs> I'm going to call the Ghostbusters, but not why you think I would call them. <laughs> I don't know. That was I was just a little, like, I it was surprising. Like, I knew that, and when I saw him, I was like, oh, yeah? Forgot about him watching the YouTube videos. And those, like, YouTube videos they had in the movie, like, those had to have been, like, actual promo things they filmed on set. Back in 84, just like extras, maybe? I think it's in the first movie. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's them growing their business and becoming famous. Oh, okay. Yeah. Also, how does this guy know the world's coming to an end? And, like, why doesn't he tell anyone? Well, I guess he did kind of tell everyone. Who? The fucking grandpa. Oh, the dead guy? That went crazy. No one believed him. But, like, he didn't, like, really explain himself much. Like, they painted him up to be, like, this psycho, like, like writing the end is coming like before his house not only that like this is a ghostbuster yeah he handles ghosts yeah and he's like acting psycho like why didn't he just be like hey guys here's the evidence i have come look at it why did they just like spin him off as being like crazy fucking like not only that uncle like hey this guy handles ghosts and he's saying there's ghosts should we believe him (laughs) yeah i I don't know this is a job i don't know i don't get it they called him dirt farmer (laughs) <laughs> what a name uh characters tie i actually bumped this up one from when i originally gave it okay. to a nine gave it a seven okay i didn't i didn't like anyone in this movie okay so i liked paul rudd but there wasn't enough paul rudd even paul rudd though like they had him playing like a less paul ruddy paul rudd 
Yeah, like, he was toned fair. down. Um, I did like. I didn't like her a lot, but I did like the main young girl. She was very dry and awkward, and that's what the role was calling for. And I gave it plus one when I thought about the wink. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I liked her interactions as a character. I'm, st- I, I, you know me. I fucking hate the child smart, like smarter than everyone. <laughs> it just screams Artemis Fowl, <laughs> and I fucking hate it. I hate that it's like, hey, I'm a professional in this field, and she's I'm like 12 years old, yeah. and I know more than you. Yeah. I hate it. Makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. That's a character type you do hate. But, yeah, I mean, when she literally goes to Paul Rudd and, you know, he's a seismographics or whatever person. And she's like, oh, this, this, this. And he's like trying to explain them. And she's like, yeah, I'm not stupid. Yeah, like, I hate that. Fucking know all I this? fucking hate that. I hate that. Oh, of course that's the case. <laughs> I'm a fucking genius. Like, shut the fuck up. And why is she going to summer school if she's so smart? New new school, new new city. Mom didn't want to pay for daycare. Mom's depressed. Mom's depressed the entire film. And she's just like, she's just not a fun character. Well, I and understand. Not like, not like actual mental health concern depressed. Just a miserable character. See, I'm, I'm not even like necessarily nitpicking all that because I know why they did it. I just didn't think that she was a very good actress. Yeah, she wasn't. Like, and the she, character written was bad. She had some moments... Where it was dialogue and it was supposed to be either emotional or whatever, like either it was with the kids or Paul Rudd. And like sometimes like acting is a really hard thing to do. Like people don't realize how hard acting is because if you just sound a little bit off, if you just make it seem like a little bit you're not in this scene, like it's going to stand out like a sore thumb. You know, million percent. Or you have the people that go too much, like the one guy from Those Who Wish Me Dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can go too far. There is a fucking line you have to say in. <laughs> that guy's hilarious. Um, <laughs> she had some moments where it was like, it just felt like awkward. Like, this is an actress. Like, took me She's out of She's reading it. lines. Yes. She exactly. is not in this moment. Yes. She's in front of a camera. And she had multiple of those where I was like, whoa. Like, just the way, like. And, like, some of the – maybe the editing was bad, too, where it was, like, you know – because, obviously, sometimes these lines aren't said right after each other. They'll take the first line, the best delivery of this scene and the best delivery of that scene. And, like, there was a few times it just kind of seemed like the tones didn't match. You got to match each other's tones. And, like, she didn't do that either. Like, you know, and it's just – it's such a complex thing that I can't fucking do. A lot of people can't do it. That's why it's so hard to be in Hollywood. and Including this actor. Um, Yeah, she just wasn't great. And Riley tried dunking on me, like, oh, she's in Avengers Endgame. Like, okay, she played someone who literally had no lines, so – True. One of the children at Thanos. So maybe she had a line. I don't remember, but she didn't have much. She had a uh, few. Um, but she's in, I mean, she's in the post. I don't know how big of her, her role is in the post. I know that's like a, she's in Gone Girl, The Nest, Widows. Those are all certified fresh. So I don't know. Maybe it was just a bad performance from her. Maybe it was bad writing. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt just because I don't really know her from anything else, but I didn't love it. She's in a lot of good movies. Yeah. Fargo TV series. I don't know how that is, but I think the movie's good. Um, Law and Orders, SVU. <laughs> Guest star. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Yeah, I. she was bad, but that just kind of brings me back to, like, terribly written character. Yeah. Because it just wasn't good. Finn Wolfhart is in this just to sell tickets for the younger audience. Who is Finn Wolfhart? The boy. He's in Stranger Things. See, I don't even know who he was. Yeah, he's a Stranger Things kid. Oh, okay. Um, but he's the older brother. He's just kind of... 19. And they said he was 15 in this movie. Wow. That's just crazy. Also an it. Yeah. 
I don't know. Everyone was just very meh. I did enjoy Bill Murray. I I don't like Bill Murray. That's, I know. That's, I know. You know what soured me on Bill Murray? That's a tough thing to say. You know what soured me on Bill Murray? On the rocks? No, before that. The Cubs 2016 World Series. I hate that he made it all about him. I really did. Like, the Cubs broke this 108-year curse. Ty, that's the loudest you've ever laughed. Oh, God. No, seriously. They broke this the, the most decorated curse in sports history, and 40% of the coverage was on Bill Murray. I, ever since then, I haven't liked oh Bill Murray that much. God. like a beloved fucking person in Chicago. He's like the biggest fucking Cubs fan ever. Who cares? They gave him a little bit of coverage. They gave him like 40% of the coverage. Like he won the fucking World Series, dude. Fucking Bill Murray. Everyone loves him. You were just butthurt the Dodgers lost earlier in that playoff. No, I was happy for the Cubs that year because it was the year. That and Oh my god. I can't say I've seen anything that I like with Bill Murray in it. Oh fuck. I like him in Zombieland. I mean he's yeah, I mean, I guess, but he's, plays he's playing Bill Murray, yeah. How old do you think Bill Murray is? He looks like he's 98. 71. I thought he was he, much older after this film. He doesn't look good. He looks, <laughs> he looks bad. He looks like he just served eight years as president, like a double term as president. <laughs> like, he fucking looks bad. Yeah, it ages you like milk. I, I don't know. In four years or eight years, however long the current president's reign is, like, sign Bill Murray up to do the – Whenever they'll do some sort of movie, like he kind of looks like Joe Biden a little bit. <laughs> He's old. Yeah, I, I mean, he looked very bad. Yeah, very unhealthy. Yeah, maybe he's gonna die soon. I don't know. At least you could say he saw the Cubs win the World Series. He did. He did see that, and that's why you hate him. <laughs> I just even like Groundhog's Day. I tried watching that movie. I just didn't love it. I tried watching Caddyshack. wasn't as good as I thought it was. I don't uh, like people said. I don't know. He's just he, he was like. The olden, like the, like we have the typecast, like we said, Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, who it's like, these are the guys, this is who they are when they're on screen. Yeah. I feel like he's like the first version of this. Like, you're just getting Bill Murray. And people love Bill Murray, and it worked. Well, yeah. And he I made mean, an incredible career out of it. A lot of his, like, big movies came, I mean, before I was born, so that could explain why, you know, I don't necessarily like him as Garfield much. Garfield came out while we were born. I forgot he's in Garfield. He is um, Garfield. I like Garfield. Do you, do you know the story behind Garfield that? You've told it to me before. So the Garfield film, 2004, um, is directed by, uh, let me get this right. Ah, fuck me. I lost it. I lost it. It was back here. Uh, Oh, Joel Cohen Mm -hmm. is the writer. Okay. Now. Directed by Peter Hewitt. So, but Cohen, are you familiar with the Cohen brothers? Yes. Uncut Gems. Sure. Yeah. Is that them? I think so. They're very, very good. Uh, The Big Lebowski- like, fantastic. He was under the impression that this was a Coen brother produced movie and then found out, no, it was just Joel Cohen, a completely separate dude with the same last name. That's the only reason he signed on to do it. They didn't do Uncut Gems. I was wrong about that. Okay. But, yeah, I, I've heard their name before. Yeah, very, very well-respected uh, producer, writer, director, I don't, whatever. Great movie makers. The Safty brothers are the ones who did Uncut Gems. Gotcha. It's a different set of brothers. Yeah. Different from the set of brothers who made The Matrix, Which who are now sisters. Wait, what? Did I not? Did we not go over this? 
No. So there's like a, you know, I think it was a group of like two brothers who wrote the Matrix and like made their first Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are both transgendered now women, two sisters. Good for them. It's wild. Good for them. But like the, not the, just one, just doubling up on it. The Wachkowskis. Yeah. Good for them. That's crazy. Uh, they were formerly known as the Wachowski brothers before 2010 and then were called the Wachowski sisters. But now they just go as the Wachowskis. Fuck yeah. I don't even know where we're at in our scale. I can't believe you hate Bill Murray because of the fucking 2016 World <laughs> Series. I don't hate him. I just I, – I do hate him a little bit. I think I just – he's one of those people where <laughs> everyone loves him and I it just – it kind of makes me mad how everyone likes him. I think you want to be Bill Murray. Maybe, man. I don't want to look that fucking old, though. <laughs> We just did characters for enjoyment. What'd you give um, it? Hold on. I got to move this down because I'm comparing it to other movies I've seen. And this just ain't right. Um, nine. 54. Okay. I, have- I kind of spoiled that. Sorry. <laughs> we never do that. I, know, I don't know why. This is literally our 99th movie reveal- <laughs> review on our scale. And it's the first time you've ever just final score. Bill, Bill Murray's got me fucked up, dude. <laughs> I gave it a seven. He's in my head rent free. <laughs> You'd be a fucking mess if you got on the, like, Call of Duty game chat and Bill Murray was playing against you. He'd be in your fucking head. Um, I gave it a 9. I originally, I don't. I gave it a 12. I don't know why. I wasn't thinking. I gave Dune an 11. I like Dune more than I like this. Um, 9 puts it right up there with uh, The Tomorrow War, which is fair for me. Okay, yeah, I gave it an, a 7. Um, wow, puts you it really didn't like this movie. With Reminiscence, a little higher than that. Those Who Wish Me Dead, a little lower than that. It's is. I'm going to sort by enjoyment, Ty, it's, since I started using my sheet. It's one of the lower enjoyment scores I've given. Now, my sheet only covers uh, I'll go, I'll go 49 movies. I'll go eight. I'll Half go of eight. my movies are on this sheet. Okay. I've got uh, 42. Two of them actually don't have scores. They just have the final scores. That's Anchorman. And, oh, no, just one, Anchorman. So it's actually 49 movies, and that's just because I put it at the end. Um, my worst enjoyment score is Last Night Soho. Shocker. Um, but if we're just reading the bottom here, we have Last Night Soho with a 1, Thunder Force with a 3, which I don't know why I gave that a 3. That should just be a 1. That movie was horrible. I don't remember a single thing about that movie. Did I even watch it? Which movie? Thunder Force, our worst movie ever, the fucking Melissa McCarthy superhero movie. Yeah, you watched it. It was a shit movie. I don't remember any of it. It was a shit movie. Cry Macho, 5. <laughs> Holmes and Watson, 5. Man in the Iron Mask, 6. Reminiscence, 7. Ghostbusters, 9. You know it would be electric? The Tomorrow War and Those Who Wish Me Dead. You know it would be electric? Hmm. Like a Bill Murray, Clint Eastwood fight scene. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Completely practical. I don't want any stunt doubles. Bill Murray looks as old as Clint Eastwood, or even older. And Clint Eastwood's 20 years older than Bill Murray. Yeah. Old enough to be his dad. Clint Eastwood was Bill Murray's, was around our age. Or was, excuse me, Clint Eastwood was around Bill Murray's current age when we were born. He was like 68, 67, whatever it was. That's tough. Yeah. Do I think Bill Murray's going to live another 20 years? I don't. I, I don't either. I think they will be. How? there will be two separate ghosts in the next film. Oh, my God. How insensitive would it be if like Bill Murray dies tomorrow? <laughs> Just the worst time podcast release ever. <laughs> Especially with you saying you hate Bill Murray. <laughs> like, I'm at least saying he's a beloved person. I hope he lives to be 100. I don't think he's going to make it. On the Rocks also soured me because he got fucking Oscar buzz for that movie. I think he got That's a nomination. Ridiculous. That movie stunk. But he was just Bill Murray in it, so. 
Final score, 54 out of 100. Uh, 47 out of 100. Ouch. I didn't think you could get you were going to give lower than I did, and you did by seven. It just wasn't for me, and, like, my enjoyment scale's low because, like, I just – I was very just – just a bleh movie. Yeah. Like, it wasn't necessarily a chore, but I didn't have a good time with it. Yeah. Blah. So you said Victoria's a big Ghostbusters fan. That's not true, right? That was a joke. Yeah, and she never seen any of them. Did she like it? We both kind of were like that movie was okay. Did she take a nap? Yeah, I mean, yes. Okay. Well, that's if she doesn't take a nap, that's how I know she might like a movie or not. She love a movie. She's still gonna take a nap. <laughs> Does she take a nap in Spider Man? Eh. Spider Man's supposed to be a long movie. Ty, does Victoria listen to this podcast? I don't think so. Okay. Here's a here's a, a marriage question. Yeah, fire away. Spider-Man, about to be a big moment. Maybe the climax, maybe not. I don't know. I know Victoria wouldn't do this anyway, so it's like a hypothetical that wouldn't even happen. Yeah. She asks you to get up and go get, like, popcorn or, like, an icy or nah, something. Nah, she knows better. I But if that were to happen. No. <laughs> she, knows, she knows better. She knows movies are my thing. That's my me time. <laughs> yeah, Riley wouldn't do that either. But if she did, I'd be like, fuck, really? <laughs> It's just not going to happen. We laid those ground rules very early into the relationship. Ghostbusters, she asked you to go get her an icy. <laughs> Fuck, you want anything else? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll go back. I'll get that refill for you, too. Uh, uh, I gave it a 47. What'd you give it? 54. 54. Final score, a... That's that's our difference. 50 and a half. <laughs> 50.5. That is not within the lines. No, it is not. Um, it puts it. I lost it. I I, I lost. I sorted it. it. It's eighty fourth. Eighty. I still can't. Eighty four out of ninety nine films. Yep. Um, in between those who wish me dead, the man in the iron mask, nanny diaries, the Velocipaster. <laughs> Lower than the Velocipaster. It is Velocipaster's banger of a movie though. <laughs> the Tomorrow War. Shitty movie. Very fun movie. Uh, Free Birds. It it's below on the rocks. Bill Murray, not great on our scale. Mm, yeah. He's got a 50.5 and a 53. Yeah, it just wasn't great, and I'm just shocked it has such a good audience. I get it. Because I, anyone who sees I don't. This, I get it because anyone who wants to – like, anyone who saw this movie in theaters this past weekend is someone who wanted to see it. Like, and it was – I feel like if you are a Ghostbusters fan, like, Jen liked Ghostbusters growing up. She said she liked it. Gavin and all the kids liked it. Like – that audience is going to like it, whereas the critics is the one I'm really shocked about, 62%. That's what I don't understand. But Even critics, though, like maybe Ghostbusters is one of the movies they grew up, got them liking movies, and that's why they review movies now. I don't, yeah, but I would hope they wouldn't like have that kind of nostalgia for it. But But I think they can give it a fresh based on the nostalgia play in the movie that they understand all the references and stuff. Yeah. I'm just, this was not for me. I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for the pod. Just hand up. Me neither. And um, that shows in my score. Do you agree with Cameron? We don't have an Armin White review today, but I'll read you some of these. Okay. Um, Cameron Meyer of MeyerMovies.com. If MeyerMovies.com can run tomatoes, I think we can the be on there. We can be. No offense, Cameron Meyer. But what when is you it? say. What is it? Meyer Movies. M-E-I-E-R Movies.com. M-E-I-E-R Movies.com. Uh, Cam Meyer, if you want to be on our pod, man. You're welcome anytime. But I mean, I mean, I'm going to say it. Our website looks better. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, his Facebook page is 291 likes. Bro, he's a critic. We can do this. Well, maybe we can interview him and we can ask him why he said, quote, quite simply the most fun you'll have in the movies this year. 
He said that? Yeah, that was his Rotten Tomatoes review. The most fun you'll have in the movies this year. Yeah. Damn, Cameron. Cameron? Yeah. Damn. How about Eric uh, Kane of Forbes? Big outlet. It's a great movie in its own right. And honestly, it has better pacing than the original. Better pacing than the original? Mm-hmm. He's got 64 followers. Cameron I think Meyer? We, yeah, I think we have more followers than him. Felix Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed, even with its narrative flaws, Afterlife is a stunning, wonderful sequel. Okay, who's Jason? These are all fresh. I'm just reading you the freshest. Jason Rittman. Is is he like the... I don't know. No idea who that is, Ty. Well, Cameron said, who are you going to call? Apparently, Jason Rittman. Read my review on the new Ghostbusters movie. I don't know. Um, Asheville Movies. Edwin Arnodian. Are not in. He directed Ghostbusters Afterlife. The year's most pleasant cinematic surprise. Original score B+. Okay. Matthew Bond, The Mail on Sunday UK. The film is beautifully cast, very nicely acted, and with a Reitman once again at the helm, hugely affectionate to the original. Okay. Um. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, Sean Chandler talks about. Sean Chandler. His outlet is Sean Ch- Chandler talks about. Oh, I think I, I think I watched that guy's. I think I have his pod. Anyways, he says shout out that guy. This is the Ghostbusters film I've been waiting for since I was a child. Delivers all the humor and spooky mythology you expect from a Ghostbusters film. But what I wasn't expecting was how heartfelt the film would be. What? It wasn't that heartfelt. It, it popped up a YouTube video when I clicked that. So yeah, you probably. Oh yeah, this is definitely him. <laughs> Great YouTube videos. Yeah, I just I don't get it, but um, the finale takes this is a fresh review. The finale takes a cringeworthy turn, but Ghostbusters Afterlife still serves up to the spirits. Okay, I don't know, man. This is I, I just don't see it. It yeah. ain't for me. I I guess. I agree. It would get a rotten when we get on Rotten Tomatoes. It would get a rotten. It would. Because we've established we have a scale. We should reach out to people at Rotten Tomatoes. Be like, look, we have like math behind this. Yeah, it's not just like a guess. It's not like oh, it's I a formula like that, and it's consensus, and it's patent pending, sixty-five or higher. In sixty-five, you figure that's thirteen a category, so that's a six and a half. You know, you're you're above average enough. You're a point and a half above average, or whatever. If you're doing a scale out of ten, you just got to get D, D D average, which makes it sound worse. But, but this isn't a grading scale, though. This is a Patent pending movie scale. It's better. <laughs> yeah, it's just it, you got to be slightly above average in everything. You can't be slightly above average in everything, but really bad at one thing. You can't be really good at one thing and really bad at two things to make it. Like, you have to be good. And we've reviewed 99 movies, and of the 99, 65 or higher is 64. So we are a little, uh, maybe we our bar is a little too low. We I don't choose know. to watch the good movies, though. That's true. That like, we true. have multiple movies to review next week. Yeah. In the week after, we're choosing the ones that seem good. Our scale should be high. Yeah. But, like, we're not afraid. Venom, we would have given a rotten. I'd do it again, too. Both Venoms. <laughs> Both Venoms we would give a rotten. <laughs> Wonder Woman, rotten. Yeah. And those, we like superhero movies, so I don't know. We need to be on Rotten Tomatoes. Ty, what do we have next week before I give you random Rotten Tomatoes movie score? To next end? week, Jay, we have a movie scheduled. But more importantly, we have our 100th movie review. Yes. Okay. So special release next week. Probably I'll release it Monday. Um, we still got to figure out when we're going to review it. We'll probably do it over the week and maybe yeah. over Discord. It might not be an in-person. It'll be short. It'll be a 30-minute little special. Just a fun little extra. 100, celebrate the 100th. 
maybe the movie that spawned the, the patent penny movie scale. I don't know if it did, but it was a uh, law abiding citizen, which I told you Fuck to watch yeah. very early on in the podcast's uh, infamousy infamousy. I don't know if the, I don't know. No, that means we're like <laughs> Hitler's infamous. Um, speaking of Hitler real quick. Sorry to take this <laughs> left turn. Wow. Even this movie made a uh, relation to World War Two. Riley was right. Every movie has to connect to World War Two somehow. What? I missed when it. There was all the years when bad things would happen. It was like this year, this happened. This oh, year, yeah. it was like 1945. Well, what didn't happen in 1945? World War II happened in 1945. Yeah, no, yeah, that was a lot of, lot of killing. Um, anyways. I chose uh, my verbiage very carefully there. Law-abiding citizen. I told you about it. It's a dumb dad action movie that isn't reviewed well critically. You loved it. Hopefully you'll love it again if you rewatch it to review it next week. I know I'm probably going to. I was just talking about it last week with some coworkers. I shit you not. <laughs> really? They were talking about movies. I was like, y'all seen Law by Citizen? I was like, he puts a fucking IV in a dude to keep torturing him. And they're like, that's badass. I was like, yeah, it fucking is. So that's going to be our special 100th movie. It couldn't be anything else. That'll probably release Monday and then next Wednesday. Encanto? Encanto. Disney Animated Studios. Recent, most recent release. Yep. Uh, Lin-Manuel. Music. Is there is there like big voice actresses actors attached to this? I feel like the Disney movies don't have big ones usually. Yeah, usually not. But Stephanie Beatrice is the leading. She's at least. is the name of like is the main character in Encanto? No, I don't know. I don't know any of these people, so probably not. Um, there was also a Lin Manuel John uh, Leguizamo. Yeah, he's in the really uh he's in the Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet. Got it. That's what um, I know him from. <laughs> there was a Lin-Manuel Miranda directed movie that came back. I don't know if you saw that. Came, that came, came out. out. Sorry. Came tick, out. tick, boom. Yeah. With Andrew Garfield. We didn't review it, but um, there's a recommendation for anyone who needs something to watch and you like Lin. Random Rotten Tomato movie score tie. Ghostbusters. What's it about? Busting on ghosts. Busting all over ghosts. Now, I didn't grow up with Ghostbusters. I grew up with a different ghost movie that I loved as a kid. My Nana had it on VH- oh. VHS. I have watched this movie. I don't really remember much of it, if I'm, being, if I'm being honest. Maybe I watched the sequel more. I don't know. I seem to do that a lot as a kid. Like, Jupiter this... by the Dozen 2 is the one I watched more. Casper. Don't you, don't you love Toy Story 2? Yes, Toy Story 2 is my favorite Toy Story. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Casper. It's just called Casper, but yes, Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. The original, 1995. This is the movie I watched in my Nana's house all the time. I was time hoping we were going to get Scooby-Doo. No. <laughs> no, not Scooby-Doo, but that would have been It connects to Lynn and It would have been the perfect yeah. one. Um casper it's about ghosts this was my ghostbusters if they remade a casper's movie in 2021 which why haven't they remade casper he's get he's in geico commercials you seen recent geico commercials I have not i know you're not a commercial guy yeah he's, he's in a geico commercial okay I, think it's geico. I, just, I just feel like this is a franchise that's willing like waiting to be rebooted either on the big screen or on disney plus or whoever owns it um on a streaming service and they just haven't done it yet are you sure there isn't like young children shows about him i don't know let's look it up um, any modern i'm afraid to type in casper yeah just don't please. so i'm just gonna let you do the research um casper the friendly ghost wikipedia it was a cartoon between 1940 and 1959 um let's see casper oh this is video games i don't care about video games I bet tom holland could voice casper <laughs> yeah probably films so there was casper 1995 like i said yep there was um oh man is there a lot or not a lot what's the old man is Casper dead? According to the film, Casper... Oh, never mind. This was how Casper actually died. This oh. is bleak. According to the first Casper, <laughs> he was a 12-year-old boy living in Whipstaff, Manor, and his inventor father, J.T. Mc, 
with his inventor father, J.T. McFadden, until he died from pneumonia after playing out in the cold p- past nightfall. Fuck. It's just a dead 12-year-old. In 2001, Harvey Entertainment was acquired by Classic Media, which until 2012 licensed the Harvey products, including Casper. Why is he? Why is it like? What, what's so important about noting that his father's an inventor? Is this like a Frankenstein thing, where like he invented something to bring his dead son back? I don't know, Ty. Um, Casper made a cameo in a MetLife commercial, along with several other cartoon characters. in 2012. Later that same year, Classic Media was acquired by DreamWorks, which in turn would be acquired by NBC Universal in 2016, and thus Universal Studios, the producer of original live-action feature film. The producer of the original live action, the one we're talking about, now manages the rights to the characters and other related characters in addition to regaining the rights to Casper's Haunted Christmas, which Universal itself originally released in late 2000. That's the one I watched a lot of, uh, Casper's Haunted Christmas. Got it. In 2019, Casper made an appearance in the Geico commercial. That's it. That's yeah, all it his, is Geico. That's all his films. I nailed that. Yeah, not So, no, lot. he's not in anything. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's an untapped market. Oh, wait, sorry. Television. Some Casper um, the Friendly Ghost shows. Morning cartoons. In 2020, Casper appeared in a supporting role in the Scare Bud episode of Harvey Girls Forever, a series based on Harvey comic characters. That's it, recently. There was also Casper's Scare School, which was a 2006 TV show on Cartoon Network. Who owns Who owns Scooby-Doo? Is it Universal as well? I feel like it's I'm like 90% sure it's Universal. Um, Let's see. Scooby-Doo, Warner Bros., Oh, Warner Bros. Yeah. That's what I, I was 90% sure it was Warner Bros. I saw the logo. I forgot that it was WB. Warner Media. Because yeah. you know how Scooby-Doo did all those, like, crossover things where it would be, like, actual people? I'm sure they did one with, like, Hulk Hogan. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like a Casper-Scooby-Doo team-up would be <laughs> would have been happening. I'm just shocked would've there happened. hasn't been a Casper thing, like, at all. Needs to be more Casper. Casper. Yeah. First one? First one what? First Casper movie, 1995, not the sequel that you watched? Yeah, 1995. 84%. 50% on the oh, yeah. 40, I, no 40 reviews, 50%. So, Would you give it fresh? Do you think it would beat our patent pending movie scale? Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. I liked it as a kid. I did watch more Casper's Haunted Christmas, though. I will hand up. Um, that's the one I watched hundreds of times at my Nana's house, although I have seen the original Casper as well. Uh, Casper's Haunted Christmas doesn't have a review because there's only two reviews. You can make it three. Um, 50% though. One fresh, one rotten. <laughs> Killing it. Um, That's consistency across the franchise. Michael H. Pierce in 2004 about Casper's Haunted Christmas writes, There's something diseased about a cartoon series predicated on the utterly wholesome adventures of a deceased juvenile. He's not wrong. <laughs> this is a 12-year-old with pneumonia who died. And then Paul Trandall in 2011, a sweet and somewhat sophisticated holiday tale. <laughs> okay. The difference. <laughs> Like, dead child. Fun Christmas time. <laughs> That's all I got for you, Ty. We went on a little bit of a ramble there. That's fine. Rambles are fun. Um, wh- wh- Yeah, next week in Canto, before that special movie, um, we're going to continue our Hawkeye coverage. Which will be in the Encanto pod, not the Law Abiding Correct. Citizen pod. Um, yeah. Hopefully we get more trailers of Spider-Man to talk about. Yep. That'll be fun. Yep. More Batman stuff. When's that come out? March? Yep. That'd be fun. Next year, yep. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.